2: The Around the NFL Podcast
0: is a workout wonder.
3: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes: Mark Zessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys?
4: Hey, Dan. Back together,
5: the yes, whole group.
3: The group's back. I thought, um, you know, Colleen Wolf did a great job filling in on Thursday, but. You know, no substitute for the real thing. We got Mark back from his Don Draper, Dick Whitman like sojourn <laughs> up the California coast. We got Greg who went off to New England and uh, you know hung out with the family, which I, I like to see you connecting with your roots like that, Greg. So uh, welcome back, boys.
5: Well, I, we come back and there's just a firestorm of activity around here in the NFL, in the office, inter-office
2: fights, all sorts of things. <laughs> a lot of drama today.
5: Yeah. You'll um, have
3: that. But uh, it will. It should be noted that um, before we came on, there was a legitimate beef between Wes and TD that can't not be discussed. Uh, That's what I was <laughs> talking about. Yeah. Well,
2: it's made us a little. I feel a little uncomfortable. But I, you know, you guys got to work it out.
3: Uh, TD, we'll bring in a little early uh, today. How are you?
6: How's it going, guys? How's it
3: going? Yeah, let's work through it because uh, Wes and I came through the door, and um, and TD immediately got on Wes about a, some choice of words on Twitter. And what ex- what happened? The exchange was le- legitimate, and um, you know a lot of raised voices and some upset people. So if you guys want to work it out right now, the floor is yours.
4: I apologize for calling you a name, TD. Wow, I've I've Never I've Never heard West.
6: Wes, Wes you know you my boy, man. You know if I had a uh, first drop system was working right now, I'd put a l- little return to the Mac. You know just to <laughs> show you some love. I mean, it was just all it was. You got to talk it out, I and mean, West didn't mean anything you know, bad by it, I just you know, I took it kinda of strongly and but you know it was a little Twitter conversation mm. talking hoops, you know, little barbershop who's better, top five, all that stuff. it is know.
3: it is finals season no. or the NBA playoffs. Bird season. versus Emotions LeBron. I take high.
6: LeBron, you know, and he
4: you know it takes Larry, you know. No, I don't. No. I took exception Uh-oh. to you saying clearly when you hadn't even watched one of them play. Well, I think it's I think it's clear in I don't the sense. Like where this is going. <laughs> I just think it's
6: clear in the sense that one's LeBron, you know, and not this and Larry Bird at all. I don't think it's a landslide by any means. I just think one's LeBron and all the numbers favor LeBron.
2: Well, hold on. One item that they, they, we're getting the milk toast, yeah. you I know, have. watered down version of this, where you're both you're on air now and you're being very amicable to each other. The ratings would have soared if they had heard what right. was going on like, ten <laughs> minutes ago. Brandon
3: McGinnis behind the glass. Is there any chance that we have that audio that we could save for? When the show is world famous, and that could be like our behind the music. It, got, thing.
6: Can, it got canned already.
5: Yeah, it's usually the other way around. There's usually a lot of fake beef that we're playing up more than really is. This is a legitimate heat.
3: I loved it. And now you're playing it. I down. was dancing. I was literally dancing when it started. And then when there was like an F-bomb drop, I was like, uh-oh.
2: Well, nothing makes <laughs> Dan, Dan happier myself. than watching his friends yes. argue with each other and put each other on edge. <laughs>
3: yes, until it goes too far. And then I get uncomfortable. Uh, that's And that's what happened. So but,
4: you guys aren't happy now because we're not going at each other's throats?
3: Well, it's a little bittersweet what's happening.
4: Basically. Well, yeah. no, we can't just keep going at each other's throats.
6: We handled it, you know, hashed it out. And, you know, like I said, Wes is my guy. He's apologizing. Right. If I, if I don't have a headset on, I'll come and give him a hug. But.
3: That's enough. If you're not going to keep fighting, we'll so take our <laughs> time. All right. Big show today. Big show today. We got the whole team back together and, you know. TD behind the glass, and Wes and TD working things out, and maybe that won't last after we go off the air, fingers crossed, Um, but we have a lot to get to, some news to catch up on since our last show was uh, last Thursday, so some things to uh, go through, Uh, we're also, you know, we should do a little bit of a a minor post-mortem of the Dalton scale, which was our show last Tuesday, which has done very well in terms of uh, metrics, which gets Greg excited. Old Greg, who sits in a different section of the newsroom now, him and his management cohorts must be lighting cigars, <laughs> celebrating our one hundred thousand lighting
4: one hundred dollar bills, well, we and then do, lighting the cigars. We
5: don't do any work; we just have our all of our computers open and just watch cats. Yeah, you know, dollar bills, <laughs> 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 work minions.
3: So the, we'll we'll touch on the Dalton scale because uh, I think we all admit that it's still we're working it out now uh, after that discussion. Um, we'll also get into a. Uh, a conversation piece, off-season narratives we do not trust, mm. and um, Mark really stepped up, came up with that idea. He's looking for that second interoffice corporate MVP award. Uh, I feel like
2: Dan is emptying the notebook of all you know grievances <laughs> at this point. Well, this is a you fair know, this one. This was—I don't really, i think that we've come up with this before. I think I just recycled what was probably someone else's idea. It's a bit probably.
5: of a Sessler special because no one hates. Off-season tropes and rewriting the same sort of article each year more than Mark Sessler, and I don't blame you. That's a good, that's a good corner <laughs> to be at.
3: Good. So we'll we'll hit that. We'll each uh, throw one out, and we'll have a nice little discussion uh, about that. Um, so that's that's the plan for today. And uh, but before we do get into that discussion, we need to again touch base with TD, who is a l- real lightning rod for debate. Uh, <laughs> you know, tempers flare sometimes, but you know we all work it out in the end. Let's do some news, buddy. How are you? I am
6: good. I'm excited. and Let's go ahead and do it.
3: Okay. That's
4: one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind.
6: And I initially had that set up for a news bit, you, which you will hear later on, but I'm changing that right now to the fact that that's for the fact that Chris Westling apologized. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I
4: have apologized that in is. the past.
3: Surprising. That Tom Petty song I won't back down was about Wes. I don't know if you guys knew that. Uh all right, let's never change Wes. Uh let's get into it. We'll start with Adrian Peterson who uh has not played a game in forever and, and now is not suspended so is eligible to return to the field and you would think to get back in the mix and, and all that. But we're not we're not seeing it yet. The second round of OTAs have started for the Vikings and Adrian Peterson is in ho- at home in Texas um and plans not to be a part of this group this uh OTA round uh Ian Rappaport reported that the plans are fluid for Peterson it could change it could change at any time but as far as OTAs go he doesn't want to be involved so it seems like there's still something cooking here you would think at some point the bad blood would be either you know washed away or, or set to the side on some level and that he would get back to football but this is continuing Greg what does it mean
4: I don't
5: think it means anything. It's voluntary work. There's a million veterans around the league skipping OTAs because they don't like something or they want to work out on their own, so it's not surprising at all to me. The real next step would be if he skips work where they can find him, like mini camps, and even then I wouldn't take that too seriously.
3: Yeah, but isn't it a little bit weird that a guy that hasn't played in so long, it was week one of last season, wouldn't you think he would be back? Want to be back in the mix if there was, if there was ever a time to report earlier to the off-season programs? Wouldn't it be this year? I don't know. To me, it smells a little funny.
5: They're still negotiating. They're trying to get more money. West doesn't think that's the only thing going on here. Well, I know it's not the only thing. Well, he's going not on. happy. He's
4: come out and said that he doesn't like the way he was treated last year. He doesn't trust certain members of the organization, and his wife especially is not comfortable going back to Minnesota.
3: Mm, wife stuff.
2: Well, I mean, also if you really want to push the envelope i kind of i kind of fall on greg's side where i think this is going to wash away in a month and he'll be back but if it really if the bad the bad blood is really there if you really want off this team you've got to you've got to play brinksmanship you can't just show up 3 weeks from now i think that's a big part of it that
4: his agent is talking now and Sources close to him are telling Yahoo and Bleacher Report that he doesn't want to be there, and I think that's part of it. You've got to do a little brinksmanship to make sure you have some kind of leverage and get your point across. Zimmer even said, I think I have an indication
5: of when Peterson will show up. Which is when the Cowboys play him in, what, week 10 or something." (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I think he knows maybe through Peterson personally that when it comes time for training camp and for the real work to be done, Peterson's going to be there. They'll work out this contract stuff. And and like a lot of contract stuff, it sometimes takes through July.
3: And we'll get a little more into this later in the show when we talk some narrative stuff. Uh, But, yes, something to keep an eye on, the best running back in football, not involved with the Vikings camp so far. Moving on, the Chicago Bears have released defensive tackle Ray McDonald. Uh, This happened on Monday, hours after he was arrested after being involved in Another domestic violence incident in California, Uh, General Manager Ryan Pace had this to say, we believe in second chances, but when we signed Ray, we were very clear what our expectations were if he were to remain a bear. He was not able to meet that standard, and the decision was made to release him. Of course, McDonald has a history of issues with the law, including uh, he was released by the Niners back in December after being named as a suspect in a prior investigation for sexual assault. So McDonald uh, now is washed out with the Bears without ever playing game. Is this, Mark, is this the last time we'll ever see Ray McDonald in the NFL?
2: Well, I think it's certainly gotten us a lot closer to that place. I don't know what, I I think the Bears higher-ups above the GM and above the coach were very hesitant to bring on any player like this to start. They let the GM go out and make his own call, and there was a real short leash, and I don't see another team jumping on this no matter how their need is anytime soon. No, I'd say it could be the end, we'll see.
4: I just saw last week John Clayton was throwing out a few teams that he thought might be good fits for Ray Rice. Sorry Ray Rice. Mm. Ray McDonald just screwed your chances of getting a new team.
2: Hmm. I read that too, but I I have to I have to look at these as case by case items, but you but, would they, but other they, people you are would saying think the same they thing. would look Adam in a
4: case by case, but I think I think is he's radioactive right now. R- Rap sheet said
5: his career is likely over, and he's basically just connecting the dots because Ray McDonald isn't at. It's a sliding scale for justice or whatever you want to call it in the NFL. If you're good enough, people will look past it. That's why Greg Hardy's on a team. If Greg Hardy was a mid-level pass rusher, I don't think he'd be on a team. And Ray McDonald's good. But he's not great in this second offense. Now people aren't gonna sign him.
3: I think this is the difference between today's NFL and the NFL of 2010. Was I think he would get another ch- chance five years ago? Yeah. And I don't think it would happen now. I don't. And one thing that annoyed me but is me, that so bad. Like no, no. And that's no. what the point I was gonna get to is uh, I was working uh, yesterday, so I was plugged in on the on TweetDeck and seeing all the. You know, you know the Twitter moral integrity police were out, and everybody's like, "Oh, now it's time to start." You know, we got to get tougher. We got to start docking teams' draft picks when their players get in trouble, and all these like crazy things. Like, no, this is actually things are working. Actually, it's better now. He gets arrested, and the Bears don't even wait. They say, "You know what? We don't want anything to do with you." Or at least the day it happened. Now he's probably out of football. It seems like there is some change coming. So all the people that were like taking shots, I thought, at the NFL and Goodell. In this case, I thought we're out of bounds because there are strides being made in this department.
4: We always say that America is a land of second chances. If you acknowledge your mistake, you get a second chance. Ray McDonald has made multiple mistakes. Ray Rice made one. Mm. And Judy Batista
5: wrote an interesting article pointing the finger a little bit at the McCaskey, the ownership you know, group in, in Chicago and general manager and Fox really making the point if if Ray McDonald is not a transformative player why are you taking ri- why are any teams taking risk on these and should ownership or the GM should they be taken to task a little bit or even punished i, I mean, totally i don't disagree
2: well, in this case it seemed like it was a last chance cuz it's a known defensive coach and Vic Fangio that knows what he has in this player and that's probably why the connection was even pushed for on any level when you're trying to install a new defense but who's going to take a chance now i i don't See it happening. How are you going to punish someone for taking a chance on redemption?
4: I mean, I don't know. I guess you would just punish it, it a lot. Nothing's fair
5: here, but maybe you come up with a system where teams get punished for any arrest.
3: Awful. Why? doesn't make any sense. Why would you it's hold a team random. accountable for the actions Everything of someone random. they can't control?
2: Well, it, it's, I, with Dan, I think that the system has gotten, whatever it is people are reacting to, has gotten a lot closer than it was even a couple years ago to you know pretty heavy-handed punishments. It's pretty random, but we
5: come down we come down, you know, criticizing GMs or owners for random
2: things that happen to them all the time. Well, it, then you're going to get teams that are drafting only high character type players, which is fine except that's maybe not the best players
3: and so there's and guys be like Josh Gordon will be out of football and they'll just everyone will be have a scarlet letter on them. I don't think that's the answer either.
5: I guess it does seem a little hypocritical that the NFL puts these issues as so so to the forefront, and yet their owners and GMs don't have to do anything different. They're going to sign anyone like Greg Hardy or anyone like Ray McDonald like they can if they can help their team get 5% better. So yep. then just shut up about it. Don't try to be the moral high ground if, if you're not going to do it that way.
3: Uh, moving on. So Robert Griffin III famously, or Robert Griffin III, Mark your preferred (laughs) that's what i say um you know he hasn't been the same guy since that knee injury in the 2012 playoffs uh it's been what two poor seasons since and he's had more injury issues and all all that stuff got benched last year uh mike shanahan no longer is his coach anymore but you know someone asked him about it kj F K W J F K A M in washington asked uh about griffin and gruden had this to say about the struggles i don't think getting hurt has anything to do with it. I think what you do is you rehab yourself and you get better. You don't have to have great running ability to run the read option. You have to be able to know when to slide, when to throw the football away, depending on if you're running or passing. Um, Gentlemen, it sounds to me that Mike Shanahan is still of the feeling, personally, that RG3's inability to grow as a football player got him fired. What do you think?
4: Well, I think that's part of it, (laughs) You ha- I mean, you can't – I saw other sites writing about this story. You can't write about this story without pointing out that Shanahan has a vested entrance, interest in driving the narrative that RG3's career was not affected by the injury mm. because it was Shanahan's decision to leave him in the game.
3: It's mm. fair.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, Shanahan took a ton of heat for that. And Although, I mean, any quarterback that you look at that's successful long-term – durability is a huge part of it. I mean, our 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 top quarterbacks are guys that play 16 games year after year and I I think that injuries have absolutely shaded what RG3 has been able to do in terms of especially 2 seasons ago coming back too early potentially. I'd take it a step further with Shanahan covering
5: his ass. He's basically saying this guy he's not a, he's not a good football player and that's why it didn't work, or or he didn't work hard enough, or or whatever was going on, he doesn't have the skills to make up for the injury, that it's not the injury, and that's why I'm out of coaching. Please hire me. Give me millions of dollars to flush down the toilet. (laughs) Give me a break.
3: Do you guys remember the 90s? That's his bitch whenever he goes in for an interview.
5: And and by the way, the Shanahans have been pushing this narrative about RG3 since they were in Washington. I mean, all those stories coming out. About that were pretty negative about RG3 throughout his comeback and, and really the, the rest of the Shanahan era. Where do you think those are coming from?
2: I don't know, but it's two coaches in a row that don't seem enamored with RG3. The person, not only the player, but the person. So it's it's been maybe not the easiest quarterback to adopt for Jay Gruden either. Well, Shanahan's comments were kind of mixed, too. He also
4: said Robert has a lot of ability. He's a charismatic guy. He's got mobility. He's got arm strength. He's a very bright guy. So he seems to be a little, I don't know, ambivalent here.
3: Uh, Greg, you are a Tyrod Taylor fan, correct?
4: No, not really. That's more of the West. West uh, <laughs>
3: someone <laughs> went Someone went to the uh, soapbox.
4: Oh, uh, West, I have West. predicted okay. that Tyler, Tyrod Taylor will beat out Matt Castle for that job. That's right.
3: Well, listen, this is good news for you. It's certainly, at least the talking points out there being put out by the Bills tell us that Tyrod Taylor is going to have a shot at this. In a competition with E.J. Manuel and Matt Castle, General Manager Doug Whaley uh, said last week in a conversation with the Bills website, the way they're structuring practices, everyone is getting a run with the ones, so it's a fair shake. Fair shake, Wes, in this system that we're trying to figure out who is going to be the number one. It's all about competition. That's why everybody involved is excited about it. You know, everybody's excited about it, about, except for Bills fans and people that look at, you know, outsiders that look at the roster and see that something's exciting, but that position's going to ruin their season. But I guess Tyrod Taylor and E.J. Manuel are excited.
4: This is only news because nobody believed what the Bills have already told us, that Tyrod Taylor is getting first-team reps, equal reps with everyone, that Rex Ryan has a man crush on Tyrod Taylor and has for a while tried to trade for him when he was with the Jets. So, I mean, of course Tyrod Taylor's in this. That great
3: beacon of uh, QB knowledge, Rex Ryan. (laughs)
4: Yeah, but Rex has definite—he has a fetish for running quarterback.
2: Yes,
5: he, he does. does. He—it's—it's it's his biggest crush
2: since he brought
5: Tim Tebow to the Jets. Before that, well, he and used he had to love Brad, Brad Smith. Smith.
2: He had Jeremy Curley running the the right. Wildcat. I mean, whether no matter who's been running the offense, I think it's from a defensive side. He knows what's tough for him to stop. Right, and he wants. I think Tyrod Taylor is a part of this offense. The starting quarterback, I don't know. I think when you face a Tyrod Taylor type of
5: quarterback or. Tim Tebow, it makes the defensive coaches prepare for an extra hour or two. And then Rex is just there at two in the morning. He's, ah, screw these guys. I need one of those quarterbacks. I mean, that's like, <laughs> like all.
2: that's all thing. it is. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, anybody else have anything to say on this? Like I'm I think, literally, I'm tapped out on the Bills quarterback competition. Right, and Well,
2: let's it means that. they don't have one.
3: Yeah. Well, they, they have, have one, a but they don't have a quarterback.
2: Well, you can say all you want. And I'm t- maybe Tyrod Taylor emerges to be more than we thought. And I know this isn't what Rex Ryan said, but it was John Harbaugh that said more than once, we're not happy with this guy. Mm. He didn't develop the way we wanted him to. So if Rex Ryan had a man crush on him, that's great. But it's Rex Ryan, and how many quarterbacks has he discovered? What about your boy, the OC? That's a different story. Greg Roman, you know, he knows that's what – That's your ca- boy. Well, but he's used this type of a quarterback before, so that's more evidence in Wes's corner – if Wes is the one who I believe historically has been pushing for Tyrod Taylor's famously. career to flower. I, I don't even care about Tyrod Taylor. I just, I, yeah,
4: I don't want to see Matt Castle starting NFL games. I, I still think <laughs> Castle's their
5: week one starter, but I'm a little less confident than I was a month or two. Ooh, a little less Good for my McFadden I still think Castle. he'll get the most starts, but yeah, the rhetoric is starting to affect
2: <laughs> Greg's mindset. Rumbled. It's a uh, long off season.
3: All right, let's move on and talk about a different quarterback, a better quarterback, than then Tyrod Taylor or any of those other flunkies in Buffalo. Ouch, that seems a little harsh. <laughs> wow. But a man that has a very high opinion of himself, that's Cam Newton, um, who was on a uh, – uh, he spoke to a radio st- station, uh, and it was, asked, it was told of him that he was one of the great unknowns, greatest unknowns at his position, or that's how many view him. And his reply was this, absolutely not. And I say this with the most humility – but I don't think nobody has ever been who I'm trying to be. Nobody has the size. Nobody has the speed. Nobody has the arm strength. Nobody had the intangibles that I've had. I'm not saying that to say I'm a one-on-one type of person that this league will never see another. No, I'm not saying that. Hear me out. I'm just saying that so much of my talents have not been seen in mm. one person. Wes, you t- your take your initial <laughs> takeaway? This
4: guy is a treat. <laughs> I say this with the most humility. What the – (laughs) there's not an ounce of humility in that. What the heck is he talking about?
3: I mean, what he's saying – I get what he's saying, and he's right to some degree, his his combination of size and speed and strength and all that. But at the same time (laughs) – Accuracy? Oh, the accuracy maybe not. Below 60% for his career around there, and also uh, 30-31 and record as a starter. So there there seems to be a lot to work on. And, you know, it's been around a while now, since 2011. Maybe it's time – with all these – attributes that he speaks of to become the big guy. Right, Greg?
5: I'm not sure if he knows what intangibles mean. Or humility. Using the, con- <laughs> using the context. I don't, I don't have a problem. I mean, this is what quarterbacks think of themselves. Newsflash. Dan Marino thought thought this about himself. Tom Brady, in, in his heart of hearts,
4: probably thinks this about himself. Cam Newton's a little more open about People it. said it about Michael Vick. Right. And I maybe they're on the track for the same type of career. Mm, I don't. Well, that's that's an. Interesting like, one.
3: I, yeah, I don't have an issue with him being confident and speaking out. It's kind of fun to talk about. And the the and I say this with the most humility. I'm going to start starting all my <laughs> statements with that. Uh, but but to me, it does. If anything else, it actually to me achieves the opposite effect, Mark. In, in that, yeah, oh yeah, that's right. This guy's you know he's got all these stud attributes, and he hasn't been that great. He's been around for four years now. He's entering year five.
2: Any quote that wanders on and on like the one that we just read tells me he doesn't really know what he's talking about when it comes to where he stands among other quarterbacks to begin with. And I could think of five quarterbacks off off of one hand that wouldn't want to be him in the NFL right now anyways. But I,
5: I think he was saying that he hasn't brought out all that talent yet. I mean, that, that he's saying so much of his talents are in one person. That's who he's trying to to become, is a different type of player than, than maybe we've ever seen. And I, is I could, Cam Newton well, paying
2: you to walk back his I could his see that
5: argument. I would, I would take it from
2: Cam Newton a lot <laughs> he's a, faster. He's a unique talent. Right. Then yeah. some of these other quarterbacks that in year four or five were still, listen, here comes the big breakout season from Andy Dalton or fill in the blank, like with Cam Newton, I do think that there's a lot more there that the right coaching and the right scheme could bring out. But at the same time, why is he even saying this? Because he's a preening schmo. But, I mean, what is the <laughs> point? Because it's like, if anything, Cam Newton has made it very clear that he has parts of his game that need so much work that this quote doesn't fit who he is right now.
5: I, I don't think – I think you're selling – Dan, I think you're selling a little short what he's accomplished so far in his okay. career and where he is in the quarterback, you know – Echelon. Maybe he's, he's right around ten. He like ha- that. If if he doesn't get any better for the next seven years, they'll keep signing him to contracts and in twenty twenty five teams would like him as their starting quarterback. He'd right. be the next
4: yeah. Jake Cutler. No, he'd, keep he'd
5: getting be better. Than that. He'd be better than when
4: that. Jake Cutler was four years
2: into his career was thought of more highly than Cam Newton is right now. That's true. I think people are going to fall over Cam Newton forever because of just what he said. What his size is, what his gifts
3: are. I mean, he's not going to suddenly be without work. And in four years as a starter, he's been on one good team. And I know it's not all about the quarterback, but last year's team was a crummy team. I know they won a playoff game. The twelve and four team that was a great team got wiped out in the playoffs. And then it was the first two years. I think last year's team
2: got good down the stretch. That they they became where they were.
3: They've I been
5: mean, in the final 8 teams two straight years. He's only been in the Oh,
3: league. come on. Okay. Are we going to are well, he we going to play well last year? Wait a second. We're going to pretend that beating that Cardinals team <laughs> at home was some type of great achievement?
5: What did they win? And he played terrible in that game. He did, and he played pretty well. Then he played pretty well the next week against Seattle where they're tied going into the fourth quarter. I'm just saying he he was
2: fine. They won what, four straight games to end the season? Yeah, I don't seven, think his comment months. is about what he's done either. I think to, for, if, to, if, for anything, any foresight for what he's had, I think he's saying this is what he can become. He wants to become things that no quarterback's ever dreamt up. Well, that all sounds ridiculous to me. How about you
4: me, become a 60% passer for
2: that, I'd say right. Start <laughs> with the basic things that people are
5: killing you on. If nothing else, I am happy to have Cam Newton in our NFL lives. He's a unique player, and he's yeah. a unique talent, and he's and he gives us watch quotes. He's, he's a guy. And
3: speaking he's of— a yeah, He's a guy. He's a guy that's to be reckoned with, speaking Cam speaking of Newton. Of Cam he's Newton. interesting. He makes you want to watch. I find Cam Newton to be closer to the Dalton line that maybe, obviously, Greg thinks, uh, the Dalton scale. Um, and, you know, that's what's happening with the news, by the way. But we should do—let's unpack, you know— for a couple minutes, just go back the Dalton scale heated conversation, uh, Mark, while you were away driving up the coast. I could feel the with tension. the wind in your hair, <laughs> thinking about yesterdays and tomorrows all at the same time. Uh, just thinking about what life's all about.
5: Any was there like any any big uh, epiphanies or big moments on that trip?
2: Uh yeah, I don't think they'd be appropriate to share in <laughs> um, this venue.
3: Okay. But, did you did, yeah. did you like go sit by the ocean and then write the next Coke jingle?
2: I didn't I know. I got a, a number of these Coca-Cola tweets. I was not attempting to be Don Draper. Were you attempting I was to sleeping be in rest stops, so, you know. You I legitimately, was not attempting to be anyone else. Yeah, yeah, I asked you where you where <laughs> that's you That's you, when I decided to turn off Twitter when the first Ooh, what are you trying to do? You're trying to do this? It's like, you know what? Bye-bye, gone. <laughs> just turn the phone off I don't want to hear from anyone it's like I just wanted a little bit of quiet and, and you did sleep in your car that's true. well yeah I mean it was a trip that I did not plan for from a funding angle I'm just so, happy that you're you know,
3: alive Mark I found it to be a very safe rest way. stop sleeping is usually a good, uh, I good way to get that. stabbed in the heart
2: I didn't overdo it <laughs> yeah
3: I've, is I've, that true I've seen some you know well, 48 yeah. hours mysteries it. mysteries
5: <laughs> he's right. right
2: you gotta be careful you
5: look. gotta be careful if anyone's coming and knocking on the you know on your window. There's well, no I room.
2: woke up safely at around three fifteen in the morning and said, Time to keep driving because I don't wanna risk this what happens between now and six fifteen in
3: the morning. Very smart. All right, so that's gonna and I hope you achieve some type of enlightenment. Uh, enlightenment, but we're not gonna ask you about it because it's kind of like a you thing. It's a private thing.
2: Yeah, as much as you could over forty eight hours. <laughs>
3: All right, so yeah, let's talk a little little post mortem on on the Dalton scale and and for those of you that might have missed the pod, yeah, we had a, a we were trying to put where the quarterbacks all fit in and when you uh, try to figure out where they are on the Dalton scale. Which, as a reminder, any quarterback above Andy Dalton is a viable franchise player. Any quarterback below Andy Dalton is a problem, not the solution. Uh, Dalton, we, we thought was the purgatory personified guy, but that's also in up for debate after our conversation. Wes, I'll throw it to you. Any um, takeaways after the show? I'm sure you got a ton of tweets, um, people asking you you know, where your head's at with it. What's your next move with the Dalton scale? Where are you at right now?
4: Well, I think the problem is having this discussion in May because the offseason is the NFL's business season, and you see what happens every year. People fall in love with draft picks and potential the you, i came out this like i came at this exercise thinking like a gm because i think you have to in may or else why even have the discussion a lot of other people came at it as a fan or a writer or whatever you if you're talking about a situation in may you have to consider salary upside that all that kind of stuff that's what gms consider or else why even have the conversation in may so I, I that's why i said of course i would take Blake Bortles over Andy Dalton one
5: one writer or one uh Twitter follower suggested the Dalton line could the Dalton question could be reframed. Would you give this quarterback a six year, $96 million contract? Now, obviously, we could change the numbers around, but I, I knew what he was getting at. Would you pay this quarterback $15 million a year for six
4: years? I wouldn't pay Dalton that much. Right. Well, then right. he'd be below the Dalton. Right. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> I <laughs> guess He's I like the Mendoza line. I took an Dalton. issue
3: with if you put guys like Blake Bortles or Damus Winston above him. To me, that feels like folly because the Dalton scale should be about shouldn't be about extrapolation and prediction it should be about like right now so Blake Bortles right now is not ahead of Dalton but maybe in two years he will be but you kind of got to see it
4: but you're not I guess I I would I come at as you're not acknowledging my point that it's May and this is the NFL's business season you have to approach it like a GM in May I think I
3: I thought it was all just actually the player on the field how he plays who he is
4: well, then why even have the conversation in May? Why not wait until September well, or October that, until we have games? It, what
3: else are we going to talk about? Well, wait, <laughs> yeah. why take Blake Bortles
2: with the third overall pick if you think his ceiling is, is Andy Dalton? Well, of course, the Jaguars would put it. but I,
5: I know what Dan's saying, and that's how I approached it for the most part, too, was that you have to earn – you have
2: to show that you're better than, you than the average. But you don't. That's not how
4: right. the NFL works.
2: It isn't. How, yeah, how, why, wait, why, but, who would take Andy Dalton over Blake Bortles if they, if, today?
5: Nobody would. I think the Bengals would. I think. Plum, well, they, I don't think they the have Bengals to believe would. their own press, but, but I would never. Bortles is a tough example a because though. Bortles on paper, had worse stats than you know some of the worst quarterbacks in the last thirty years. This
3: is yeah. Wes's actual wording of the definition: any QB above Dalton is a viable franchise player. How can you say that about Blake Bortles right now?
4: That's why I think this is an existential crisis, and the Dalton <laughs> scale doesn't work anymore. It only works <laughs> in the season. It doesn't work in May. I don't think that you, I, To me, I can't. So in week discussion. two that works. Once you have got games going again, yeah, you got you have evidence. You have all right. This is the game film, but in May, to me, I can't have that discussion without thinking about salary and value. You I mean, also NFL value.
5: You also at this point dislike Dalton enough that he's not close to the middle for you.
4: Well, like he's, we he's, like we said on the actual Dalton Scale podcast, the line has moved since he signed a contract that makes him no longer a competitor. I have a fan.
3: take on that. The Dalton scale it can re- it can remain the Dalton scale even if Dalton himself is no longer the prime meridian because there was a time where he was the perfect uh, example of a guy right on the line. Right, so that's it's not him; it's a measurement. Right,
4: it's uh, that's why he's the Mendoza line. It's like the 2012
3: <laughs> Dalton. Although
4: I do like the
5: there's a the chance for. You know, sponsorship opportunity. You know, branding. If we keep changing the name, that's what I'm saying. Know? That's part of the reason I think like we should keep it. The TD, you the had a Tostitos, thought. Tostitos, Alex Smith line, or Just whatever. Give
3: us money. <laughs> give us money. Seriously, everything. as
6: usual. You know, me and Wes agree on this clearly. Um, definitely, I hear what I hear what he's saying. But the ultimate point here, though, is that it's kind of like the top 100. You're taking into account what the player's done recently, but also projecting to what they're going to do next year. I think Andy Dalton, by the way, I think Andy Dalton stops being a Dalton skill when he doesn't make the playoffs. That's when you're like, you know what? He's done. We can't, we got to come up with a new name. It's no. How about like
4: the when Andy he wins a playoff game? But he's the odd guy who keeps
6: making it, but
2: doesn't
3: win. We're no closer He's in to a, a, a unified certain front per- on this.
2: Yeah, he's in a certain purgatory that when he breaks out either way, for better or worse, he becomes even more beguiling to deal with. To me, it's still about that question. Is he, is, do you, is he a
5: solution? at quarterback or do you need to keep looking for other guys. Now whether Dalton's the perfect guy for that, that's another debate. But to me D- Bortles might be below that line still because if I had Bortles, I still would want to be getting other quarterbacks. Doesn't mean to take his job, but just just as options until he shows that he can do it. That's fair.
3: All right, good. We'll re Listen, we'll definitely address this again in the season. Well, maybe it will be different.
5: I know. I wanted to. I <laughs> want to put some of this stuff on paper for the off season. Maybe how about, Dalton how Scale about. written bit. <laughs> well, get ready, Wes.
3: Uh
4: oh, we can't write it. We have no clarity.
3: Long form, <laughs> NFL.com. Long
5: form slash Dalton. Dalton, Dalton,
6: Dalton Scale. Oral history of the Dalton Scale. By um, the
5: By the way, thanks for tuning in to that one. We're gonna hit 100K on that. Ow.
3: So yeah, that's good. And also, this came down the. Uh, the old newswire, internal email system. <laughs> that's how we communicate in modern society. Uh, the Around the NFL podcast has been nominated for this in the sports category of the Academy of Podcasters Awards. Oh, my goodness.
4: Presented by
3: uh, Stitcher, yeah. <laughs> which is there something that's real. Uh, so, yeah, thank you to everyone that has, uh, you know, listened to us and downloaded us and commented and checked us out on Stitcher, which must be some type of method of distribution that has led to a nomination for a major award. It is the method of
6: distribution.
2: I mean, if we Woo. win this, we can take that best of 2013 iTunes label off our yeah logo, which Might is be time. a flat yeah. two years ago at this but point. This
6: award show was supposed to happen in 2014, and then they postponed it because they were making a big deal out of this. So it's a, this is a, a three-day event, and uh, I'm just going to feature people from other popular podcasts. TD already
3: pitching himself to
6: go to
5: Texas. No, he yeah. already is saying that he's
6: going. Come on. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, it has a, it has Sarah Koenig from Serial. She's going to be out there. I'll be out
2: there Oh,
3: really? Hanging
6: mm-hmm. with Sarah.
5: Oh, oh.
2: Well, wait, we'd all go, right?
3: Uh.
5: <laughs> how How would TD be the one that goes? You put in the least amount of work with this whole group. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, that's just the fact. Round you know, I, two. It, well, <laughs> If it, i'm i'm your biggest supporter t d but you've only been on the the ship here for nine months you well, you know it, it is a going conference
6: on? in addition to your award show you guys is are this totally a major wrong. award it is it's like a leg lamp it's being positioned as like <laughs> i'm
3: desperately trying to get t d to to put in the drop that i requested for this <laughs> segment <laughs> and he just won't i thought
6: that was a real question yeah good let's do it again go ahead
3: all right yeah is this a major award
6: <laughs> it's a major award
3: oh good <laughs> I
2: need
6: your award.
2: I like the idea that of conference mixed with an award presentation.
6: That's correct. After parties, all kinds of nice.
5: Why
2: would we this sounds like a perfect thi- a group building if exercise? I need your award. T D just wants
5: to go, you know, meet women. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's uh, my theory. Yeah. All right. So yeah, thank you to everyone that supported the podcast and hopefully we'll win. And you put that right next to our two thousand uh, 13th Stitcher Award, wherever it is. But <laughs> I won- think I have an idea
4: where that is. We, we
3: won that, so you know, continue to rack up uh, you know, type of things that tell us that we're good, Mark, because those those physical manifestations let us know that we're worth something. That's how I look at awards, don't I you? need
2: your award. Yeah, I look at it ex- the exact same way, Dan.
3: Okay, cool. All right, Dan Hans is here with the rest of the Around the NFL team, and we're going to do a little bit of talk right now about some off-season narratives. We've been tracking... Uh, all these different storylines coming out of teams as OTAs continue. But which, which are some of the stories that we're not trusting right now? They're kind of being forced down our throat, and we're, saying we're rejecting. We're like, Let's
5: be honest. We're doing some of the forcing. We're forcing
3: okay, it. okay, fair. But we're saying, you know, get out of my throat. Reject it. And, Mark, <laughs> we're going to start with you. Uh, give me your off-season narrative you don't trust.
2: Well, I mean, it starts with Johnny Manziel. And I, I think it was obvious that once he returned from his rehab stint that we were going to get some sort of reaction from the Browns. And it was going to either be very neutral, and it was for some period of time. And then their offensive coordinator, John DeFilippo, comes out and said that he's just been awesome, he's been great are the words he used, that he shows up before the sun rises, he's there till the sun goes down. And it's like he's doing <laughs> Is everything. Is he sleeping there? Well, I don't know about that. Isn't Wes, that your boy DiFilippo. I like Filippo and listen, I, I I I'm not saying that I don't want this to be the case. I hope Manziel can turn it around. It's good to see that he is more committed, but I'm not going to trust anything about a Browns quarterback and a sp- specifically Manziel until September, I, and we see it on the field.
3: It makes sense why a Browns fan would feel that way because I think because maybe a couple of years from now when we have a little more time to properly let it all sink in, how disastrous his first year was. I mean, from on-the-field play to the party stuff and then the trip to the rehabilitation center, it was as bad, even by Brown standards, it was an absolute nightmare. So it's, it's too, it, to anyone that thinks he shows up at OTAs and, and looks good for a couple of days and some of the teammates are saying decent things, it's too soon to think that this guy has fixed his career and life. And the thing,
2: watching the OTAs today... He still looks incredibly small to me. That is my number one concern more than well, I, everything else. Well, they can't fix that. That's That sticks.
5: And for everything that happened off the field in terms of his work ethic or how he approached football, I think the bigger concerns are, is this guy ever going to be good enough and football smart enough to
4: be a starting quarterback? Well, I think Mark's point, when I watched Browns games last year, that was my number one concern. He was too small. And he wasn't. The moves that he could make to get past defenders in college don't work in the NFL. Well, you, you hit upon with the offseason
5: tropes. Whenever you start hearing that, oh, well, he's taking some great notes. You know what I mean? Oh, he's really taking good – he's a good note I mean, What are they really talking about when they're saying he's doing a great job? I mean, they're only in there for three or four hours at a time. Right. They're limited to what they can do. He's showing up for work and he's doing his job. And I think Mike Pettin tr is trying to – Quiet down this story a little. He bit. is even on, today on Tuesday. He said, "You know, let's not get carried away. You know, he's he's working hard. It's it's the off season. W- what could he really and, be doing that's so impressive?" And he's
3: with he's entrenched with the second team. So this uh, very clearly looks like it's Josh McCown's team. Now, I I think barring some McCown you know two thousand thirteen flourish, Manziel's going to have a chance to play. But it all depends on whether he proves it to the Browns. Now he doesn't get any. I don't think they're going to give him any free pass back on the field, and he's got to show something in practice and in the in you know the the room for the meetings and all that.
2: Yeah, I think McCown is capable of playing himself out of the job too on an offense that lacks weapons. So it's very possible we see Manziel. You have to go back a decade plus for a year where one quarterback started sixteen games for them. So let's go week seven. That's my pick. I go week five. Okay, I'll take six. Week fourteen. <laughs> wow, wow. A lot of, well, you love Josh McCown.
4: Wait, I, Three months ago, you were saying Manziel won't play in a single game this year.
2: Things change. Oh. The tropes start to get into the mind.
3: <laughs> Mark, uh, Johnny Manziel in football, 2017. Yes. Okay. Moving on.
5: Football's pretty, you know, big, broad topic.
3: I kind of meant NFL. but
2: Quarterbacks uh, have many lives. I just I don't think he'd be gone that quickly, but he would be going close to then.
3: Yeah. All right. Chris Wessling, uh, what are you not necessarily trusting that's coming in through the NFL media machine.
2: Well,
4: Greg and a few other people I know believe that the Adrian Peterson saga this offseason is solely driven by money.
3: Yes.
5: Okay. Look well out. I don't
4: I think that it obviously there's more to it than that. I think that he really had his feelings hurt last year. I mean more than his feelings hurt. He's he doesn't trust any. We well, doesn't trust certain members of the Vikings. His wife doesn't want to be in Minnesota anymore. He wants to play for a contender. Or at least that's what his agent told Bleacher Report this weekend. He wants to play for a, a contender who will stand by him and defend him, like the Vikings did not do last year. So what is it? What's the off season? You're not buying my off season hype. <laughs>
3: I'm
5: not buying <laughs> your it,
4: narrative.
3: Les, buying. I'm gonna introduce you to your boss, Greg Rosenthal.
4: <laughs> I'm not buying your narrative that it's only about getting more guaranteed money. In fact, a confidant close to Peterson told Yahoo that it's never been about the money. Yeah, you know what Yahoo is? That's the place that just spoon-feeds
5: agent information to help their clients. That's what I that's how I read that.
3: Greg crosses Yahoo off a potential employer in the future. <laughs> <laughs> we
5: we've been following this Peterson thing every week for a while. You know, there was no way they wanted to play with the Vikings. And then once they kind of realized it after the draft, they they started to make it clear. Ian Rapport reported okay, now they're changing gears and they want to get more money. Now they're not getting the money that they want exactly, so they're going on another offensive of leverage. Well, do
2: you think there's a chance that Ben Dogra and Jerry Jones behind the scenes have shared, you know, maybe a couple dinners, a couple phone conversations that say there is still a potential chance? Jerry Jones said he was still willing to maybe trade next year's number one pick for a veteran player this year that could help the team keep that Super Bowl window open.
5: Well, if you were a conspiracy theorist, you could look at Greg Hardy's suspension and think Jerry Jones says, ooh, that's that's $5 million more in cap space than I thought we were going to have. There you that sounded exactly like Jerry Jones. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Who knows Adrian Peterson's true feelings better? His agent? Me? his agent and someone close to him or Viking sources? I don't
5: care about his true feelings. I'm not arguing that he wasn't offended by the Vikings and that he wasn't annoyed by them. But uh, this stuff about playing for a contender, all of this
4: goes away if they give him the money he wants. So then that's the important factor. So when his agent and when people to him come out this week and say he's still very miffed with the Vikings, he doesn't want anything to do with them, he said in meetings with them all offseason he made it clear he wanted to be traded, and they're saying all that again this week. You're saying none of that is true.
3: What happened with the after the draft where the agent was like this was all, you know, what the Vikings showed us, it was a good it was like a test that they passed.
4: Yeah. Wasn't that what exactly. happened? Exactly. The the agent said
5: like we like the fact that they've been so steadfast that they like they believe in him so much that they haven't even entertained offers. I don't I don't doubt that that he was pissed at the Vikings, of course he was He was mad at them, but I think money would solve that.
2: Well, all By about mind. money plus no one making a play for him, no other option than to sit out another year out of stubbornness. I mean, it's kind of like you break up with someone, and no matter what she does, if you really truly are on the outs, you're never going back. No, it doesn't matter what she does. You're never going to like that girl again.
5: Here's another reason why I don't believe it. Adrian Peterson welcomed Mike Zimmer and Spielman into his house, and Zimmer said he has an idea of when Peterson is going to come back. I think Adrian Peterson will be happy to play for Mike Zimmer. I think he'll be happy to play with Teddy Bridgewater. It's not that the coaches and the teammates. He, you know, he's mad about the organization. And- Deal.
3: And by the way, if Wes, if what you're thinking is right, that he does want out for more reasons beyond money, and he wants out of town, if he thinks we're heading close to June 1st, if he thinks he's going to end up with a raise playing for the Patriots or something, it's not happening. I think it's not the way the NFL underest- works.
4: People are under un- underestimating his wife's role in this. Maybe, and that's that's fair. It's the stuff about the
5: contender, I guess, that that sort of thing. It's like, first of all, the Vikings might end up with a better record than the Cowboys, anyways. Who's who yeah. to say who's a contender? I'll take Minnesota. Wow.
3: <laughs> the one thing we're going to find out is this is going to be really exciting to see what happens next. <clears throat> That's my thought.
2: <laughs> that was an outstanding segue. Thank
3: you. <laughs> Dan. Uh, here's the off-season narrative that uh, I don't trust personally. Uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of chatter out there about after they changed the two-point conversion. Of course, the kick is now like 32 or 33 yards for the point after. After being, uh, for years, it was, what, a 17-yard attempt. And uh, you know Gary Kubiak came out and said last week that it's going to change. It's going to change the way we we play the game a great deal. I don't buy it. I'm not buying it. I don't trust that all these teams are all going to st- all of a sudden start going for two like crazy. I think they're going to send their kickers out on the field, trust them to hit 32-yard field goals. Most of them will do it, and the guys that don't miss it will probably lose their jobs. I think the only big thing that come out of this year. A couple outliers, maybe a Chip Kelly or someone like that could get a little frisky. But you're just going to see some uh, uh, kickers lose their jobs over extra points, which is why all the kickers are all you know, honking, to use a Gregism in the first place, because they just realized their job got a little harder.
4: A little harder, as in we're going to guess they're going to make like 96% of their extra points now?
3: 93 to 94% is what the committee came so up se- it's with.
4: It's roughly the same percentage of NFL coaches who are risk-averse. So don't expect them to start going for two-point conversions. They're still going to go with the safe play. I agree with that. I,
3: now, I, what they should have done. It, I don't think it's going to be a
4: game. Changer.
5: It was
3: a classic half measure because they should have just put the the, the two-point conversion at the one and then let all the mathematicians ex- basically explain that that's the better play odds-wise. And then it gets real interesting. But they did not they didn't do that, and I think it's going to result in just a lot more longer extra points.
2: Well, it reminds me of 1994 when they initiated the two-point conversion and there was the same off-season shatter of, whoa, this is a total game changer. This is going to completely alter what offenses do and how they attack and how they come from behind. And it did nothing. The two-point conversion was used rarely, so rarely that it – you know who put the first one in? Belichick, of all people. I mean, listen. They did he's not. An,
5: he's an innovator. But it was, was barely this used. Extra point it, thing.
2: And I think that's why they had to even make this change, is because the initial change to the two point conversion never really took effect.
5: Well, it's it's affected pretty big games. I mean,
2: but it's, it's not used like it oh, this decide is the
4: Seahawks going to the Super Bowl last. Remember Dom Capers? I mean, I it was his first game with the Texans. He chose to go for two to avoid overtime, and he nailed it. Ooh, I think it was like the Texans' first game ever. It was it? against the
2: Cowboys, right?
4: Mm, I don't know. I've been yeah, they, they beat
2: the Cowboys in their first regular season game.
5: I've been wanting to get rid of this extra point a long time, and you're right. I think the results will be disappointing. I do hope that they're so boring that they consider moving it back again to to the 43 or or moving those. Just get rid of it then. If you're going to make one. it
3: like a really hard kick, just get rid of it. But it was a
5: really hard kick when they first, not really hard, but it was hard, ha- much harder when, when they first had it. Maybe just get rid of it. I when don't. they first started extra points? Yeah. What, pe-
4: they weren't nailing them. They were toe bangers. They weren't kicking soccer style. Right. They were. They yeah.
5: were <laughs> hey,
3: old buddy, you're a toe banger.
4: <laughs> you got Luke Gros out there kicking toe bangers.
5: It's one thing you don't want to be called in life. A or anyone banger? in your family. Uh, your sister's a toe banger.
3: Well, you I ever? Did, oh, did
5: you guys ever play soccer?
3: Right. Uh, yes.
4: So, like, you know, when you when you're in grade school and you're playing soccer, if you kick it toe style, they call yep. you a toe banger.
3: You know, it's 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 seen as uncouth in the soccer world because you can't control the ball. It's just the fireball you're sending out there. The only soccer goal, talk. The only goal I scored
2: on my yeah. own team. Yeah. I was defense, Owned and the goal. goalie kicked the only goal. Kicked <laughs> it off the back of my foot, and no one was watching. It just went off the back of my foot into the goal, and no one were, knew where the ball was. And I was like, "What? I'm eight years old. What am I doing here?"
6: Loving the soccer talk. Got to get Keeper. off the sport. Loving it.
3: All right. Finally, Greg Rosenthal, known as the boss, you know, freshly back from New England. Were you at the free Brady? Uh <laughs> Party rally? In New England. The rally?
5: Did not did not bring my I thought of you immediately. I, no, I, I was on. like
3: if there was a news show and they were like scrolled across the crowd and it was like Greg in full like face paint uh, <laughs> holding his daughter on his shoulders, it would have been my favorite thing since <laughs> we found out about Delaware. <laughs> anyway. Greg, the off season narrative that you do not trust.
5: My narrative I don't trust is the thought that Peyton Manning's done and that the Denver Broncos Super Bowl window is closed. I look at that roster and I see one of the top three or four rosters in the NFL, and I think there's a perfectly reasonable chance that Peyton Manning's going to go out there this year and be a top eight quarterback or top ten quarterback. Maybe he's not Peyton Manning MVP here, and I don't think he needs to be for that team to make the Super Bowl.
4: Who's driving this narrative?
3: This is largely... A Twitter narrative uh, I've found okay. rather than I don't
4: know. I I brought it up with Dan. Is, yeah. is this even I is don't this think so. Damashek has said it on this show, but I haven't heard it anywhere.
5: Yeah, long. but
3: he doesn't count with anything, Peyton Manning. I feel like he he has to recuse himself I guess at this point.
5: There's a general feeling or a general I don't think when people are coming out with picks in August, and no one's taking the Broncos anymore. And to me there's there's no difference this year really when I look at the Broncos Compared to the, the last couple of years, right? I, th-
4: I see it there and them as one of the favorites. I think there's a big difference. Peyton Manning's a mystery now. Nobody knows what he is.
3: Right. But you know, I do find it interesting that I think it was Pro Football Focus, or maybe it was Roto World, put out their top 100 players, and Manning wasn't on it. I thought that was symbolic of of the way that people now are not giving Manning the benefit of the doubt based on the fact that he got injured at the end of last season, and we for some, for some reason it's been decided by some people that he's done. And he's in a period of decline, but we don't even attach it. Nobody says anything about, as an example, Tom Brady, who's, I think, 13 months uh, younger than Manning. No one ever says, oh, he might be getting old. Manning got hurt, hurt his quad, and all of a sudden the the belief is that he's not going to be well, able to bounce back. it's
2: all about people just – I mean, Brady just heroically won the Super Bowl, and now he's an anti hero, You throw all that together. But, like, with Manning, it's the last impression we had of him in that Colts game where – he looked subpar. It was, it was hard to watch. It's hard to watch someone that's been as good as he has been for so long play at that level. But then you find out that the injury impacted it all, and that should change the way we feel. But I don't think there's a narrative saying that anyone picking the AFC West has the Broncos as a shoe-in AFC West winner and a, top, a final four contender in the AFC. That's the way I'd see them. Yeah.
4: I think the Peyton Manning injury thing, it's hard to separate how much of that was the quad and how much is his arm and how much is it? The They're last, connected, though. The, I'm sure they are. Yeah. But the last few years, he's, he's lost arm strength come December and January. Or, or how
5: likely he is to have some other problematic injury next year that pops up. Sure, right.
3: Very possible. But everyone should also remember that through about, what, week 9 or 10 last year, he was probably the best quarterback in the league, besides maybe Aaron Rodgers. He was a stud. He was on pace to throw 50 more touchdowns, right. and then he got hurt. And right. people
5: have tried to dig, dig dirt on Brady at various points. I mean, there was that sort of off-season conversation last year. Has he declined or, or not? What? So y- you said, okay, Peyton Manning's a mystery. He is. But Tom Brady is a mystery, too. Tom made, the cliff is coming for Tom Brady. He's, he's going to fall mystery. off at some point. you
4: talking about the reigning Super Bowl MVP? I'm just
5: saying he could have a bad season, and it, wouldn't, it shouldn't shock anyone. Considering but I don't think he's, he's a, had a three mystery. three bad
4: stretches. He's not a mystery yet. There's no, re- there's no evidence. Well, we have evidence with Manning in his last eight games of last season. Will or- you press What's pause? What's he going to do when he has to use a regulation football? Will you
5: tell me that? <laughs> oh, <laughs> this guy's been cheating. Probably, probably wow, the same Greg, thing he geez. did in the Super Bowl when he had to use a
4: regulation football?
5: Or in the second half against hey, the Bulls? Hey, before you, you know, hit me up on Twitter, that's a joke, you punks. <laughs> <laughs>
3: frank. Greg was definitely at the free Tom Brady parade.
2: <laughs> it was many of his operatives, if it wasn't him. He paid people to go. <laughs> fill that fill that venue mm.
3: all right that's it uh folks for today's edition of the Round the nfl podcast uh thank you as always for listening we will be back with our second show of the week on thursday so make sure you uh listen to that and uh you know wait hold up hold what? up hold up, hold
6: up. i even forgot the what? podcaster mvp the podcast mvp oh very quick we're still doing it, that? Goes, it uh, we do it people love it it's going to dan anzis for creating the uh Free Tom Brady, Greg Rosenthal character. That was
3: really wow, cool. wow! Right <laughs> under the gun there. I'm now, very proud
6: of buzzer myself. beater.
5: I've never. Dan is beaming right now. He, yeah. He, yeah,
6: that has social. <laughs> I know what he looked potential. like on
5: his first date with his future wife. I mean, he looks <laughs> like he's in love right now. With that has
6: real meme potential, man. So if you're listening, if you want to create a Greg Rosenthal character, that's the one. I thought you might give it
3: to Wes because uh, you know, just as a Barry the hatchet maneuver, or maybe to Greg. Uh, because he's our boss. I knew you weren't going to give it to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I don't, you know, TD, I think that we've done a good job today, and I like that your conflict with someone else overshadowed <laughs> what is a consistent one with me. It's back on the map. I'm very annoyed. <laughs> oh,
6: man. Hey, 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 hey.
4: You forgot something else. What? We're supposed to ask about uh favorite segments.
3: Oh, I was going to do that on the next show. All right. But since you brought it up, to <laughs> showrunner at, Chris Wesley, yeah, at producer TD. I want you guys, all the listeners, for this for this um, award that we've been nominated for, a major award. In fact, uh, we have to submit a a, a five minute uh, section of one of our shows. So if there's a a part of one of our shows in the in the recent weeks or months that you particularly enjoy, and for some reason it's in your mind as as I'm saying this, hit up at producer TD and let him know and, and put him to work and he'll clip that off and send it to the Academy. And remember,
6: it's a major award.
3: Exactly. Uh, all right. Now we can go. Can we go?
6: That's eh, Chris. He's a sure winner. Yeah, Wes. Can we go? <laughs> yeah, we out of here.
3: All right, good. Uh, this is Dan Hansis signing off for The Sizzler, Mark Sessler, The Mailman, The Boss, and the great TD Behind the Glass. And I see you, McGinnis. And also you, Mr. Mustache
0: you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better